Welcome to Empowered by Hope, a new podcast where we share our insights, optimism, and enthusiasm for medicine and all its possibilities. In each episode, we'll dive into the health and medical topics that matter most to you, our listeners, right here in Orange County, California. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. Our guest today is Anusha Wijayakuma, who is a wellness coach providing service at Hogue for her center for wellness. She is the wellness consultant for the Women's Health Institute, leading on meditation and mindfulness for our breast and ovarian cancer care and prevention programs and maternal mental health. She is a published spiritual writer and motivational speaker and a professor at San Diego State University, where she teaches at the Weber Honors College on the intersection of wellness and social justice. She is also knowledgeable in the areas of meditation, mantra, pranayama, breath work, and the philosophy associated with yoga. Anusha has over 15 years of senior management experience working for Fortune 50 global corporations, not-for-profit charitable organizations, and private companies in three continents. She holds a BA, MA, Diploma in Mentoring, Certified Professional Coach Qualification, is a registered yoga teacher, ERYT, with a meditation practitioner. Anusha, welcome to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. We're happy to have you here. Thank you so much for that wonderful and kind introduction. I'm delighted to be here with you all today. You are very welcome. And today, Anusha will talk to us about how mindfulness and meditation can transform your overall health. She will be sharing some quick and accessible mindfulness practices and give tips on how you can make this part of your everyday routine. It can't be that hard. We can't wait to hear your insights. So, you know, let's start out here. You know, most people People have heard of mindfulness and meditation, but don't really know what they are, what the differences are between the two of them. Can you please explain for me the difference between mindfulness and meditation? And that's probably one of the most commonly asked questions to me. And living in Southern California, where we're inundated with images of people doing yoga or meditation or practicing mindfulness, it can be even more confusing and somewhat inaccessible. So very simply, mindfulness is bringing your attention to your breath in this very moment, which we can do right now, right? Just simply drawing the attention inward and becoming present. And that's a practice that you can do anywhere at any time. So you could do it when you're driving, which let's be honest, we all should be doing in <laughs> Southern California and Orange County and just generally. I mean, there's so many accidents on the road every day. And I always think when I see those accidents, mindfulness could help, right? So drawing your attention to the present moment, wherever you are at any given time of the day. Meditation is when we're coming to, I would say, traditionally sit in a place of comfort and ease, and we're not doing anything outside of ourselves. So there's confusion, right? Because mm -hmm. people are like, oh, my surfing is my meditation, you uh -huh. know, like my husband. And I'm like, that's a mindfulness practice. Gardening is my meditation. That's a mindfulness practice. Cooking is a meditation. That's a mindfulness practice. A meditation is a quieter, more yeah. introspective practice. And traditionally practice. one where we're really coming to sit in stillness and silence. And by that being said, it doesn't mean that we can't use the aid of a guided meditation. I'm constantly recommending guided meditations to our patients because they're incredibly helpful. But it's really, when we think of meditation, we're not doing anything outside of ourselves. 
when we think of mindfulness, it can be sitting in stillness and quiet, but more commonly it could be when we're doing the plethora of activities that we do. Examples, driving, please use that as an opportune time to practice mindfulness. And driving's a really good example because so often we get in our car and we go from point A to point B and we've no idea how we've arrived uh-huh, there, absolutely. right? Absolutely, it happens all the time. happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And we have been thinking about the to-do list and what happened yesterday and what's going to happen next week and the list goes on. Whereas if we can be mindfully present, we'll actually be more aware of our surroundings. So think of mindfulness, driving, cooking, gardening, any exercise activity, but also in the workplace. You know, think about a meeting environment. How often are we not actually listening Mm -hmm. to anybody else? We just want to talk, right? Or when we're not talking, we're thinking about what we can say once it could be our time to start talking. Yeah, absolutely. So when I think of the workplace, I think listening, engaged listening is a wonderful way to practice mindfulness. If we're spending time with family and friends, perhaps putting our technology aside, right? which we're all guilty of doing, having our phones at the dinner table, the iPads, the computers, you know, you name it, perhaps taking time to be mindful with the company that we're being present with. And important to practice both of these things if you can, because it does it help ease stress and kind of build resilience? 100%. So there's so much research around the efficacy of these practices. And these practices are ancient. You know, meditation and, and yoga, which is one of the aspects of meditation, originated in the Indian subcontinent in South Asia. These practices are five to 6,000 years old. The wonderful thing, it's my indigenous ancestral wisdom, but the wonderful thing about Western medicine, which I also work in, is that it's able to correlate and verify the efficacy and the benefits of these practices in our modern fast-paced society. So bringing our attention to be mindfully present in our day helps to alleviate the buildup of stress and anxiety. Mm. So for somebody who has not practiced either of these things before, how can you begin to incorporate mindfulness and meditation into your daily life? Again, I always want to keep it simple, right? So drawing your attention to your breath that is a portable practice that, again, you can do anywhere at any time. You can do it in your car. You can do it at the checkout queue at the grocery store. You can do it at your desk at work before a meeting. You know, once you're even working, just by simply taking an inhale and lengthening an exhalation. And by doing that very simplistic practice, you're enabled to bring the body and mind together as one. And why is that important? Because the body can be where it is, but the mind can be in a hundred different places. And through the utilization of your breath, you're enabled to bring the body and mind together as one to actually be present. And being present, I feel like it's a trending hashtag, but it's so important because we spend our lives not being present. You know, we're either thinking about the past or we're projecting often negatively into the future, the average person has over 60,000 thoughts a day. A lot of those are repetitive and a lot of those are negative. Mm. So through just that simplistic kind of drawing your attention to the inhale and the exhale helps to be present, but also 
activates the parasympathetic nervous system response in the body, which is the aspect of our central nervous system that moves us away from that constant state of fight or flight to a rest and digest response. And that's specifically activated through the lengthening of that exhalation. I would imagine that it's important to start to practice these things, not just when you're in a moment of stress or distress, but to start to practice it so that you know how to calm yourself down when you're in that moment. Absolutely. Because guess what? When you're in a moment of stress or distress, you're not going to remember to do it if you're not already doing it. And this is something that I talk about with our breast cancer patients all the time. You know, there isn't a magic wand. It's about the practice. And it's about committing to a short daily practice of meditation and mindfulness that can and will change your life if you're doing it ideally daily. Okay. So when you say short, how short? How often does some for somebody who's maybe intimidated to try this, what's the formula for them to just get started? Is it a minute or a couple of minutes? So I always say you've got five minutes. And that's actually the premise of my book, Meditation with Intention, with forward by Dr. Sadia Khan, who's the director of our breast cancer survivorship program at Hogue. Because nobody can tell me that they don't have five minutes. Because we spend five minutes doing nonsense. We all do, right? We're scrolling through social media. We're on watching YouTube videos. We're having often quite pointless conversations with people. And what I say to our patients is, do the nonsense. I'm not telling you not to look at the cute cat meme or video. I myself did this yesterday three times. I have a Shiba Inu. And three times I watched a Shiba Inu putting a cat over an, like a children's nursery game. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was like the best thing ever. Sent it to my husband as well, right? Reminded me of our dog. So do that, but don't delude yourself into thinking that you don't have five minutes to dedicate to a meditation practice. And five minutes is nothing when we think about how many you know hours, minutes, and seconds that we have in our day. And I will add to that by saying, and I know that we'll talk about this later, Five minutes works. And we're proving this in the meditation program that I created in evidence-based medicine and clinical research with newly diagnosed breast cancer patients with my esteemed colleague, Dr. Heather McDonald. Yeah, well, let's get into that now. That was a really nice segue. So so what are you seeing in, what are you studying? First of all, tell us a little bit more about that and, and what you've seen so far. I could talk about this for an hour, but I will try to keep this as succinct as possible. So Dr. McDonald and I came up with this idea pre-pandemic. And we started pre-pandemic and then the pandemic came. And the needs, the stress, the anxiety of our patients was, as you can imagine, incredibly exacerbated. So during what people didn't realize as well, the impact of the pandemic was people were getting cancer diagnoses alone. Mm. They were having to come to surgeries alone. And so having this gift of a meditation practice where we introduce them to the practice of meditation, and this was to newly diagnosed breast cancer patients, and the program was five minutes in the morning of a meditation practice and five minutes in the evening of a meditation practice. And the results, we've just ended our feasibility study last year, and the results have blown our minds. And we've actually been presenting this at various different international symposiums on integrative medicine and health. And there were so many takeaways from this, but I'll just pick some of the salient points. Every patient benefited from the program in some way, shape, or form. Interestingly, their partners 
also benefited from the program, which was not something that we would ever have imagined because they were doing the evening meditation on loudspeaker, on their phone, oh. and their partner happened to be present and found it very therapeutic and very oh. soothing. Okay. And our whole goal with this research wasn't just to help our patients through their cancer diagnoses and treatment, which was one of the goals, right, and perioperative pain management post-surgery, but also to have a deep and profound impact on our patients' lives, you know, long-term. I mean, that's the whole philosophy of meditation and mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And we saw so many transformations and received so much positive feedback that through the support of philanthropy, we're going to be moving towards a larger, broader study in 2023, which we're really excited about. That is very exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious for, for our listeners, if, you know, we've talked so much about how they can start to incorporate this practice into their lives. Can you share some quick practices people can do to kind of ground themselves? Absolutely. So the first one that I would like to invite everybody to do is what I call a portable mindfulness check-in. So three times a day, perhaps you do it first thing in the morning and then at midday and then in the evening, you do a 60-second check-in. You don't even have to close your eyes. You can do this anywhere at any time. So the first step of this is that you're drawing awareness to your breath, right? The second step is you're acknowledging what may be present in your mind. So we're not trying to change anything here. Mm-hmm. You're just simply drawing awareness to what's happening in your mind. Not why, but what? Yeah, exactly. Not <laughs> even trying it? to replace it, mm-hmm. right? But not going down the rabbit hole of, oh, I've got that. And then suddenly, you know, you're in three weeks from now, mm-hmm. right? So you're drawing awareness to your breath. You're bringing acknowledgement to what's happening in the mind. And then the final step is you're drawing that awareness throughout the whole body. And that can be done in 60 seconds or longer, really as long as you have. So that would be the first thing, what I call the portable mindfulness check-in. And why is this important? Because most of our lives, we are not present. Harvard University did a great study in 2010 about this very concept of not being present. And they called it the wandering mind. And what they found was staggering. 48% of our waking time, we are spending thinking about something other than what we are doing. Hmm. Now, great if that's causing joy and comfort and ease. It isn't. It's causing distress. It's causing anxiety. And it's causing dis-ease in the mind, which is then manifesting as disease in the physical body, which is what we talk about in Ayurveda, the sister science of yoga. So that's step one, the portable check-in. Okay. Step two, because sometimes uh, it's difficult to draw your attention to your breath, especially for some people that might be anxiety inducing. So what I recommend is you actually make physical contact with the body. So you can bring the right hand to the abdomen, the left hand on the heart space, and you can just take three inhales into that space. Again, you don't have to close the eyes. You don't have to be seated. You can do this, you know, wherever you are. You're just simply making connection with the physical body, which actually helps to ground us right? With that immediate connection and that then focusing potentially on your breath and grounding you again in the present moment, away from the past and away from the future. What I love about this is that when you tell somebody, you know, you need to do 30 minutes or an hour of exercise a day, they think, oh, where am I going to fit that in? 
if you have an office and you're at work, you can shut the door and you can take 60 seconds or a couple of minutes and do the exercises that you've just recommended. Yeah. Yeah. And I would even say do them as much as you can. I often do them before meetings without a big production. You know, my eyes aren't closed. I'm not going into any extensive pranayama or breath work. I'm just checking in with myself. And that's so important for our own mental health is to check in with ourselves, check in with our physical bodies, check in with our minds. And part of, you know, what I always talk about as well is this is self-love. This is self-care. And the more that we can do that, the more that we can practice compassion, non-judgment and love for ourselves and for others. Well, that is just a perfect place to end this discussion for the day. Thank you very much, Anusha, for sharing your insights with us. Uh, Definitely something we can all take away from this conversation. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And that'll do it for this episode of Empowered by Hogue. Thanks for listening today, and we look forward to meeting again. Please remember to give us a like and follow us for future episodes. Thank you for listening to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. If you haven't already, please remember to like, comment, and review, and subscribe to catch all our future episodes. For more information on Hogue or to book an appointment, visit Hogue.org. That's H-O-A-G.org.